Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. My name is Eric. I am the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Also, you can find all my horse racing work at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing. In case you missed Saturday's podcast, Y, A, B, I made an announcement. I'm probably going to be giving away the horse racing stuff for free the rest of the year. I just feel that with the COVID-19 stuff ending up and more responsibilities coming my way, I'm just not going to have the time to put forth the capping I will need in the horse racing aspect of stuff. So if I play a win bet, I will obviously post it for free. You know, you guys can tell. Obviously, I'm up over 49 units for the year, so obviously I know what I'm doing. Pick fives. I mean, I won $7,800 playing the pick fives just last week alone. I don't hit those all the time. Last week was a great week. Got hot. It was great. If you guys want those, just DM me. I've had a couple guys ask them for me, and I DM them. All I ask is if a pick five does hit and for a good amount, I just ask 5% of the ticket. You just donate to a charity of your choice. That's all I ask. Just give back a little bit. That's Just give back to something. That's all I want. All, in, all I'm asking, and hopefully, you know, if you guys do tail one of them, you will respect that and do that. Betting, you know, Babungus League, unfortunately, I think it's time to call it a career on that. I'm just not doing it as well as that as I did with EPL. EPL is obviously coming back, I believe, the 20th. So Babungus League, no dice, no more. We had a good UFC night. We gained a little bit over four units. Good day yesterday in terms of NASCAR. Gained a little bit over two. I have some Xfinity series plays that I'll obviously be posting a little bit later on in the afternoon if you want to tail because there is an Xfinity race tonight. In terms of horse racing today, we have Laurel Park and Tampa Bay going. I posted a couple plays. Have a couple pick fives that I sent out to a couple guys. Hopefully we can cash some of those. Tuesday, we will definitely have an off day in terms of horse racing. Wednesday, we're going to be back at you. I believe Gulfstream Park is running, and we got Belmont coming back. So, you know, we're going to be going full swing in horse racing. There'll be a lot of plays. I'll be posting a lot of stuff, you know, tail as much as you guys want. There are tracks I do better at compared to others. So over the weekend, I posted something about how Colin Cowherd said who the top-rated, not top-rated, excuse me, who he believed the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL were. So first things first, I don't watch sports media type shows. And when I watch a game, I have the sound off. Now the question is why? Well, when you do what I do with the DFS, with the betting, you want to have your own ideas and your own way of thinking. And if you watch a three-hour game and for three hours it's pumped in your head, blah, 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 then you're going to start to think blah, 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 blah. Or if you watch one of these shows and they have an idea, that idea could get in your head. And when you're looking to cap a game or put together a DFS lineup, that could askew your thoughts about something. And that's why I don't do it. And if you look at my betting spreadsheets, over 50U for the regular season NFL, 
um, over 25, almost 30 year you in NFL playoffs. Yeah, so I, I kind of know what I'm talking about. This year alone, I finished in the DFS Millionaire Maker, you know, top 10 twice. Pretty good, right? That's pretty good. And what I finished this year in the Super Contest, I believe, I don't remember. I was top 18 for sure. I don't remember off the top of my head. So I obviously am pretty good at betting and DFS and know the game of football. Because if I didn't know the game of football, yeah, numbers and situations play a part, but you also have to know the game. So if I didn't know the game of football, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. And I got called out. I'm getting all these DMs saying I don't know shit because I'm questioning who's on this list. You don't have to agree with my opinion, but through the money I've made and all my spreadsheets in terms of NFL are all on my website, and you can see the level I bring to the table, I know what the hell I'm doing. So don't come at me with that shit at all. I've earned the right to have my opinion. The numbers I'm putting up show that. If you want to disagree with me, hey, that's fine. That's fine. I don't care. If you want to disagree with me, that's fine. And we have a lot of people, for whatever reason, like Sam Darnold. And it's it's a very simple concept to understand. And a lot of people, for whatever reason, don't understand. The second year is when it happens or not doesn't happen for a quarterback. If the quarterback does not take that step forward in the second year, it doesn't happen for him. It just doesn't. And... I didn't like what I saw from Darnold. He didn't take that big step forward. He made numerous mistakes. And when you say, I see ghosts, you're done. You, you're done as a quarterback, especially in your second year. Turns the ball over way too much. And he didn't take that step forward. And in my eyes, he's a tier three quarterback at best. I break people off into three tiers. He's tier three. And some, a lot of you guys, I mean, I got 10 DMs saying I was an idiot. 10 <laughs> DMs saying I was an idiot because I believe that. And I mean, hey, that's fine. You guys can disagree with me, like I said. But I've earned my right to think the way I do. So you got to respect that. And if you don't respect it, don't follow me. I could really give two shits. But... I'm here to help you guys because obviously the way I think is different than everybody else. And since it is different, it is profitable. And that's all I'm trying to do is help you guys out. And you guys get so defensive if someone doesn't go against you, get against your thought. It is okay in my eyes to be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll be the first one to admit it. I don't like Tua. I think his game doesn't play in the NFL. And I've gone on numerous podcasts and posted numerous stuff about the flaws in his game. And he could change them, and I could be wrong. I could be. Or I could be right. It doesn't matter. I The fact of the matter is I have an opinion. I'm sticking with it. You see all these guys on social media, and it's just back and forth, back and forth. They don't want to commit. I don't care, dude. Just commit. Commit to one side or the other and have an opinion. My opinion on Darnold is he's not going to make it, and I believe the Jets showed that because the Jets drafted a quarterback. I always find it amazing when a quarterback is in his rookie deal and the team drafts a quarterback. So they drafted James Morgan. A pretty early pick, a mid-round pick, the fifth pick. With as many holes as they had, they're taking a fifth pick on James Morgan. 
It wouldn't surprise me if the Jets completely bailed on Darnold and Morgan was a starter by the end of the year. It wouldn't at all. And the fact they wasted a pick on a quarterback shows me how much the Jets, quote unquote, believe in Darnold. But that's the thing, like, everyone just gets these, like, tunnel vision about what they think a quarterback is and everything. And ESPN and Colin Cowherd, you listen to their narrative, so good, so potential. Potential. Potential is the worst word in coaching. And for me, someone who has had a very successful coaching career, I never use that word potential because it's a it's an awful word to have because you sell the kids or the parents on it and they think they're just good. I, yeah. So Darnold, you guys can disagree with me. Darnold's done in the NFL in my eyes. He's not going to be a starter by the end of the year. And if you guys don't agree with me, I'm sorry. Also, my other issue with that list was Josh Allen. I understand, you know, the fantasy people like him because he, he's a good runner. He gets a, he's basically the Bills goal line running back last year and got a lot of touchdowns through running. But his accuracy is awful. His arm, he can throw it, but he's, he's awful. Accuracy-wise, is awful. And I don't think he's going to take a huge step forward this year. And I think in terms of quarterback play, he's not that talented. Running the ball, yeah. Quarterback play, no. And the fact Stafford wasn't on that list. Colin Coward has a bias against Stanford for whatever reason. And it's funny because, like, if you look at the lack of talent he's had and how bad the team is when Stafford doesn't play, you'll clearly see that. But, again bias toward him and that's why I don't listen to that stuff have it be his show Mike and Mike or Take Two or whatever the ones who's the one with Nick Wright Nick Wright has one I just don't listen to that stuff because it just is totally askews your point of view and like what you think is going on so yeah that that kind of yeah I mean I usually don't get riled up because I do get a lot of hate, and that's fine. I mean, like, if people hate you, they hate you. You must be doing something good if people hate you, which is totally, totally it. But when people question my knowledge of the game, look at the numbers I've put up consistently. I make more money betting on football than people do in a year. I make more money playing DFS football in a year than in a year than what people make working in a year. So don't come at me and question my knowledge of the game. You're just looking. You're just making yourself look stupid. So the next thing I want to jump into is I'm gonna to start to do a weekly thing called love and hate, and I'm gonna talk about fantasy players at a certain position that I love for next year, and of course the favorite, some that I hate for next year. So we're gonna be doing this every Monday, and I figured we'd start with the running back position. If you follow me at all on Instagram or Twitter, I post little fantasy football blurbs pretty much every day or every other day about. And I've been talking about people I like and people I don't like. So I figured I'd use this here as well, just because I don't know how many people look at both. So the first running back that I don't like is Austin Eckler. He's being drafted way too early for my liking. If I could get him where I got him last year, I'd be all in on it. But 
we need to look at the numbers and understand the situation. He was unbelievable last year in terms of fantasy because he had 557 yards rushing, three TDs, 92 receptions, 993 passing yards, and eight receiving touchdowns. Fourth highest PPR scoring back. Fourth, which is phenomenal, which is great. But why? It was because of the 92 receptions. And who was the quarterback? Big Phil Rivers, who doesn't throw the ball downfield, who would just check it down. And who's not the quarterback in Los Angeles now for the Chargers? Almost said San Diego, like a lot of people do. Phillip Rivers. So that's one of the reasons why I don't like Austin Eckler. And then if you look at Eckler's production when Melvin Gordon came back, it was significantly down. Significantly down. And Eckler said he's going to have the same role that he did last year, and you have three backs in Jackson and Joshua Kelly. And his production is going to be the same as it was last year when they had three backs. And you only had 557 yards rushing. And you're not going to be the goal line back. That's probably going to be Joshua Kelly. And some people are drafting you in the second round. The whole thing with fantasy football is you want to get out in front of the curve. And you want to see what is going to happen before it happens. And I can see he's not going to have that many receptions. So you don't want to chase what's happening next year. And in my opinion, if you're drafting Eckler, you're chasing what happened last year. And you do not want to chase. The next running back I don't like is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was another guy that had a great year last year. And if you were following me then, you knew I was very high on Derrick Henry. But why was I high on Derrick Henry? Because they improved their offensive line. What did they do last year? Excuse me, this offseason. They lost Conklin, who's one of their better offensive linemen, to the Browns. So now their offensive lineman is what? Worse than it was last year. So that's common sense to me. So if their offensive lineman is decreasing, why would you think he's going to have the same thing. We need to understand as fantasy players how the offensive line and who's up front is very key to every other offensive skill position. And a lot of people playing fantasy don't quite grasp that concept. So that's why I'm not high on Derrick Henry. Another reason is he had 16 touchdowns last year and only 18 receptions. In PPR factor, he's a zero factor. He's a zero factor in the passing game, only putting up 18 receptions in a whole year. So if you draft him that high, you're going to be banking that he's going to have the same monstrous season rushing over 1,500 yards and 16 touchdowns. If he doesn't get that, since he's such a non-factor in the passing game, his fantasy value isn't the same. So we got to kind of think like that. we got to start putting the pieces together when we're seeing stuff. And the last running back... I don't like, which is being drafted way too high for my liking, is Philly's finest, Miles Sanders. Don't get me wrong. I love the player, and I think he could be an every-down back and a quote-unquote workhouse back in the NFL. I love the player. But we have to look at the situation. You have Philly, who is actively trying to get Devontae Freeman. Why would they spend all that money on Devontae Freeman if they weren't going to play him? And then you have Boston Scott there as well. And Miles Sanders. There's only one freaking football. 
And the fact they're trying to bring in Freeman tells me they're only going to use Sanders 15 times a day, 15 times, excuse me, a game. And then you factor in how the running back is done in the Peterson system. There's never really been a true quote-unquote workhorse running back. In fact, Sanders' production last year was the most from any lead running back in a Peterson offense. So you got to factor that in. There is no way I'm going to be drafting Miles Sanders. Anyone, In fact, all three of those guys, I'm going to be doing a best ball one draft hopefully this weekend. All three of those guys, those guys are strictly avoids for me. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be overdrafting for those three. Now let's look at some running backs that I love. I love Cam Akers. I mean, absolutely love Cam Akers this year. Now, why do I love Cam Akers, you say? Well, let's look at this. Last year, the lead running back, all three years, are tied Gurley. 14 touchdowns, 21 touchdowns, 19 touchdowns. That's a three-year sample. So in the Sean McVay system for the last three years, the lead running back has put up that many touchdowns. So what does that tell you? The lead running back scores touchdowns. How do you get the most points in fantasy football? By scoring touchdowns. And with how many holes the Rams have, they're not going to waste a second-round pick on a running back unless he's going to be RB1. And you have all these people that are jacked up about Kyle Edwards-Hilaire, who's a five foot seven running back who can't run between the tackles and can't pass block, so he's going to be limited how much he can play, and they're drafting him over Cam Akers. What are you guys thinking? And are you watching the game? Cam Akers is an absolute banger. A banger this year in fantasy football. He's going off in the 10th round in uh, best ball 10, I heard. Oh, my God. If I can get him in best ball 10 in the 10th round, are you flipping kidding me? I'll be doing freaking handstands. That is insane value. I love Cam Akers this year, and he's going to be in the majority of my team's. Cam Akers is a huge value play this year in terms of fantasy. And another guy I am high on is the guy that Akers is replacing, Todd Gurley. Now, why am I high on Todd Gurley? Well, he's going to the Falcons. The Falcons have a better offensive line than the Rams do. Gurley is also good in the passing game. And you have to remember this. The Falcons have 258 available targets. What's an available target? That's the guy that's been on the team last year that aren't there anymore. So there's 258 available targets. So all these quote-unquote experts saying how they're going to steal targets. Oh, Julio Jones will lose targets. Gridley will lose targets with Hurst and Gurley coming in. Dude, there's 256 available. So, I mean... Even if those other guys get theirs, there's still going to be readily 75 targets available for Gurley to have. And the big issue with the Falcons is they don't score touchdowns. Having Gurley here, who clearly is the RB1, clearly. I mean, who else they have? Brian Hill? He's going to be the guy who's going to be able to punch in touchdowns. Having Gurley is huge, and you can get him in the third round. Imagine that, if you will. In the third round, you're able to get Todd Gurley for season long, and he's going to be putting up huge numbers. 
and he's in a one-year contract and a make-it-or-break-it year, Todd Gurley has immense value in fantasy football. I currently have Gurley as 13th. 13th on my rankings, which can be found in ETOF 2-1 Sports. Name one other of these quote-unquote experts that have him that high. Nobody does. But what do I always say about fantasy football? You want to get ahead of what you think is going to happen. I am trying to get ahead of what I think is going to happen by ranking him that high. And lastly, the guy that I love is Rohim Mozart from the 49ers. Mozart led the Niners in yards, rushing touchdowns, and the whole NFL in yards per attempt, minimum 125 carries. The main fantasy issue with the 49ers' backfield was that him, Kevin Coleman, and Matt Breida. So you never knew who was going to get the rock. You never knew. Breida, they've shipped off to the Dolphins. And Kevin Coleman, when there was opportunities in the playoffs, who got more carries? Mozart. Mozart has clearly established himself as the RB1, and he's getting so overlooked. The last eight games of the year, he averaged 14.6 carries and 89 yards and one touchdown. And that includes games he didn't play in toward the end because he was hurt. And the two most important games, Mozart had 29 carries, 220 yards, and four TDs. In the NFC Championship game, the Super Bowl, he had 12 carries, 58 yards, and one TD. How Mozart did the second half of the season and the playoffs, that truly tells me he's the bell cow back in San Francisco. I mean, all these guys dive into these analytics. Just look at what happened and put two and two together. You have, they got rid of Brita. He played more than Coleman. And they're a running team. Let's start to piece the stuff together of what's going to be happening, and then you're ahead of the curve, and that's what it's all about. A lot of times, everyone just tries to get way too flippant fancy, and when we get too fancy, we lose it, and we lose the task at hand, and then we outthink the room. That reminds me, I'm going to be dropping a quote-unquote fantasy football draft guide it's going to be coming out. I'd like to get it out by the end of the month. I like to dive in. I do a lot of stuff with it. So give that. They'll be free to you guys. You know, I'm trying to help you guys out as much as I can. So give it a look. You know, again, I'm going to be doing my fantasy rankings free for this year to be part of the fantasy team. All I have to do is look at the site one click away. Simple stuff. And I'll be giving away my guide for free this year. So that's it for today's podcast, June 1st. I had this other stuff planned. I was going to tell you guys my Vegas story when I saved a pro athlete's life. I had a guest that was supposed to come on, but I told him we'd do it some other time. I just don't feel that I want to be telling you guys these funny stories about Vegas, have some guy on, and we shoot the shit and talk some sports, just with what's going on in the world. It's a sad time in America right now, and this country definitely needs a change. And we need a radical switch of how we handle stuff and the racism that goes on in this world. I have African-American friends, and I grew up playing basketball with them, and I saw stuff firsthand, and it was awful. And those guys tell me stories, and it's awful. And I'm fearful for my friends' life right now that they'll be jogging in a neighborhood and something could happen to them 
or they could be out protesting and something could be happening. I'm, I'm fearful for my friends for life. I'm also worried about what's going to happen next. And we definitely need to change. We need to change the way we do stuff. And leaders lead. And we, we need, this is the time we need some leadership. Stay safe. Be smart. And if you guys do go to the protest, which you have every right to do, just, you know, kind of keep your head on the swivel and be aware of the situation. And if you see a situation that could be coming up, try to get yourself out of the situation. I will talk to you guys next week. Stay safe.